0: Welcome to Authentic Energy, a podcast dedicated to getting to the bottom of what it means to be your true, authentic self at work. I am your host, Wendy Brand, a former corporate executive turned transformation coach. Let's take this learning journey together as I meet with guests weekly to learn how they've managed or not managed to find the elusive boundaries and success in their career and what it really means to find balance. Hi, welcome to the Authentic Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Brand. For those of you that have been following along with me since I launched about six episodes ago, I typically have a guest on each week, but this week I thought I'd do something a little bit different. I thought I'd take a step back and share with you the definition, my definition of authentic energy, share what I believe are three levers to achieving your authentic energy, and share a little bit about myself, who I am, how I got here, starting this podcast and on this journey with you. For those of you that have been listening, thank you for joining again. And for those that are new, welcome to the show. So let's start with the title, Authentic Energy. This title combines two concepts that I believe are critical for success in whatever type of work you do. First, it's about how to become your true, authentic self at work, and really anywhere we show up in life? How do you show up in alignment and integrity integrity with who you are at your core, not making exceptions or changing for anyone? And second, how do you protect the energy that keeps you from experiencing burnout? So authentic energy is basically showing up as your true self and doing things that fill your bucket. And how do we achieve authentic energy? Well, from the wisdom that I've gleaned over the last six interviews with the women on my podcast and reflecting back on my own experiences over the last three and a half decades, I've come to understand that in order to have the best relationship with work, there are three levers you can access to achieve authentic energy. Those three levers, as I have defined them, are... Uh, Number one, establishing your personal definition of success. So what does success look like for you in this stage of life? Uh, Number two, defining and protecting your non-negotiables. What are those priorities that you're not willing to budge on? And number three, becoming aware of your unique purpose. What were you uniquely put on this planet to do? So... Number one, establishing your personal definition of success, defining and protecting your non-negotiables, and becoming aware of your ne- unique purpose. Before we jump in to the three levers in more detail, and I want to, I want to talk about our relationship with work because really that authentic energy is about our relationship with work. So I started work when I was 15, but I had a relationship with work as an observer From a very young age, we all did. For me, I grew up in a household where work was critical for survival. My mom's hard work and natural sales ability, thankfully, would be how we would get the electricity turned back on. It would keep us from losing our house or finally getting the air conditioner fixed after two Texas summers without it. My relationship with work up until about five months ago was closely tied to my view of work in my childhood, and that was that you have to work really hard to get what you want or sometimes to survive. So how we define work may look different for each of us. The latter part of my life, work was about climbing the corporate ladder for more pay and title, but it has not always looked that way. While at my core, I was a hard worker, I would say that from ages 15 to 20, I was working to make money to fund my independence, and I learned a lot about work in those early years. I believe it was probably one of the best lessons that I learned that shaped my work ethic in addition to my childhood view of work. I started out as a hostess at a local restaurant chain in high school, and then when I went off to college, I started waiting tables college didn't cost what it costs today and i was able to put myself through school with minimal student loans but i worked a lot like nights and weekends especially in the second half of my college career i was um that was really my it was my social life it was my everything i would go to classes or i would be at work i even my roommates were girls that i worked with at the restaurant we sh- shared uniforms etc like it was um It was really integrated into my day-to-day. I really learned from waiting tables the transactional aspect of work effort for dollars. It was pretty simple math for the most part. I treated customers well, delivered their food on time with a smile, and I made a couple bucks off of that table. At the end of a shift, after a lot of tables... I walked home with a pocket full of cash. When I really was low on cash, I would work double shifts and to home more cash to pay the bills, buy some new clothes, go out with friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty simple concept. From 21 to 27 years old, parlaying the knowledge of what had happened if you worked hard, I learned that I could also get paid to do something I enjoyed and that work could actually be fun. So after college, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but um, a lot of my friends were going to backpack across Europe. Now, this was a long time ago. But um, and even though um, hostels were really cheap, which is where a lot of them were staying, it was still a trip that I couldn't afford. So I thought. I'll find a job where I can get paid to travel. So I applied to two airlines uh, for a flight attendant role and three cruise lines for whatever they had open. And I got all three offers from the cruise lines and I took the one that paid the most. It was not a difficult decision. This was a part of my work hard, play hard phase and the start of really learning about finding su- the success and asking for opportunities for advancement. So really taking advantage of opportunities when they came available, um, for example, when I was ready to leave the job that had me living on the cruise ship, there became an opportunity available in the corporate headquarters in Miami for my boss's job. I saw the opportunity, raised my hand, and I moved to Miami. When I was ready to move back to Texas from the from Miami, I took a job as the assistant to the executive director of the NCAA Final Four Basketball Tournament's local organizing committee. So my hometown was hosting the first Final Four event for in, in for the first time and when my boss there ended up leaving after the event I raised my hand and asked for her job and this ended up landing me the job of the executive director of the local organizing committee for the 2002 NCA women's final four and the 2004 NCA men's final four my life changed in 2003 when I became pregnant with my son a year away from that 2004 event. With the introduction of that blessing into my life, it also altered how I would view jobs for the next 20 years. This is when the question of sacrifice was first really planted in my soul. Up until this point, I was just working hard and having fun. My work was fun. I was fun. I knew that I did not want to stay in the events world where I would work nights and weekends. So I took the momentum of my success with the final four events and took a vice president of operations role in the sports industry. I was excited for the title and the money. Um, but I was also a single mother of a 1-year-old and it really took a toll on me. I remember that I was so excited about the opportunity and the type of work, but I also had this small child that needed as much of my attention as I could spare. It was a tough predicament. I had moved my son and I to a new city for the job, struggled to find good daycare, and unfortunately entered a toxic work environment where it was clear that my being hired was not what anyone really wanted. I was a check the box hire for sure, not in a diversity and inclusion sense because I was a female, more in the sense that the company was failing financially and I was their last ditch effort uh, to prove to their board that they were trying to make it successful even though most of them had given up and checked out. At least that was my impression of the situation that I entered. Um, and then soon left. I lasted 10 months at that company. And I always thought uh, in in hindsight and after leaving there, like, what had I done wrong? Had I taken on too much? Would it have been different if I wasn't a single mother? Um, would it have been different if I was a male you know, parent or non-parent? Like, um, and those are things I can't control. And I don't regret taking the job because I really did it for the benefit of my son and I to um, to have a good life. So after leaving that job, I took some time off uh, to reset and then really started a series of pivots over the next 10 to 20 years that landed me in human resources. I got my master's degree in organizational development and leadership. Along the way, I had been an executive director at a nonprofit. I ventured into the tech world and IT. I got my PMP for project and program management, ran a small business with my husband for several years, all the things. And now, almost 20 years after that failed attempt in that vice president role in operations, I found myself once again in a situation where I hit a wall. I reached what should have been, I mean, it, it wasn't a vice president level role. Um, I think based on the span of control, it probably should have been. Um, but regardless, in July of 2022, I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases. And the doctor told me that my body was extremely toxic. It was filled with very high levels of cortisol. And if you don't know, and I didn't know at the time, um, I've learned a lot over the last nine months, but when your body is in a stress state, it releases cortisol, right? It's that fight or flight um, chemical releasing into your body that causes inflammation. And in order to heal your body, it it does that. So the inflammation in short spurts is fine, but over a long period of time, that chronic Chronic inflammation um, is what causes disease. And so if my work and my career, which I've been doing for 15 years, was causing this chronic state, I needed to find an alternate route, something that wasn't going to cause me the stress and the disease in my body. So on October 31st, 2022, I was driving into work and I just had this sense that I couldn't take it anymore. Um, and I'd had that feeling before, but I just kept pushing it down, and something inside me said, "I just, just can't do this anymore." And so, I quit my job on that day. I started this podcast because I'm not done working. I'm only 50 years young. I have at least two full careers ahead of me. Um. And so I became a coach to help other women on their journey. And I started this podcast to talk to women that are willing to share what it is that they believe has made their work enjoyable, allowed them to reach their version of success with ease. And you've heard from some of them already. Some of you'll hear in future episodes. Um, But really what I have learned along the way From these women, and again, from my decades of experience, um, are those three levers to getting and finding authentic energy? So, let me break down um, each of these and take you through a few examples and see if you agree with this approach. So, first, I said number one is establishing your personal definition of success. This looks a little different in each stage of your life. For me, as we talked about, ages 15 to 20, I wanted out of the house and to be independent. So I would take whatever job got me the money to allow me to do that. I wasn't looking for a career. Ages 21 to 27, I was looking for roles where I could get paid to have fun. And around the age of 31, when I became pregnant with my son, my work was to support my family. But at that time, I also started envisioning my future and where I wanted to be in 20 years. So a title also became important. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting the title and money and having that be the definition of your success. I think the important thing, which we're talking about right now, is just making sure that if that's the case... That you've been honest about your non-negotiables, which is the second lever. So the second lever requires not only defining your priorities and non-negotiables outside of work, but creating a way to protect those. What are the priorities that are so important to you that you're not willing to give up in order to achieve success? This also looks different in different phases of your life. Is it important that you're home with your kids when they get home from school at 4 p.m.? Or do you get time with your husband on the weekends and that's the priority because that's the only time maybe that, that you're both home at the same time? It's really important to understand those priorities and then set boundaries to allow the protection of those. Because it's the balance of these three things that get us that authentic energy. So you've defined what success looks like for you. Now you've said these are the non-negotiables. So you got to set boundaries around those. Prentice Hemphill, who is the founder of the Embodiment Institute, says, "'Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously.'" I equate that in a work environment with learning to love yourself enough to stay true to those non-negotiables, the things that if you sacrificed would alter who you are or who you want to be. For me, prior to my burnout, I set boundaries around working out and making time for family, but I constantly let them slide in the pursuit of my definition of success. And in the long run, as you've heard, that did not serve me well. Number three, become aware of your unique purpose. What were you uniquely put on this planet to do? We all have a purpose. There are several ways to come to this conclusion, but one place to start is understanding your strengths. We talked to Kathy Kirsten about that in the last episode. What are you good at? What are your passions? Make sure those two are aligned. If you're simply letting your definition of success be your guide, you're missing a big piece of the puzzle. I truly believe that my unique purpose today is to help other women discover their authentic energy so that they can show up as the highest and best versions of their self in whatever career path or life path they choose. And it feels really good to have that purpose and that definition um, defined. After having a clear picture of these three areas for yourself you'll have a better vision of what your authentic energy can be. And I believe, based on my experience and the shared experience from others, that finding your authentic energy is critical to your future success and maybe even your health. In addition to the internal work that we need to do to understand uh, what we want, there's also work that needs to be done, I think, by corporations as well. I'm not sure you've heard businesses talk about creating a sense of belonging in their workplace and their culture. And it's the language that we use when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. It's one of the five tiers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And psychologists rank the human need to belong on par with the need for love. But Brene Brown, professor, lecturer, author, and podcast host, says that we can feel belonging only if we have the courage to share our most authentic selves with people, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our own level of self-acceptance. At the end of the day, corporations are made up by humans. So if we are all taking a look in the mirror and working to be better ourselves, our companies will be better for it. So finally, I just wanna share an excerpt from David White's book, The Three Marriages, Reimagining Work, Self, and Relationship. I loved this book, White says, but there is also a deeper intimacy and a certain kind of risk that comes with giving ourselves wholeheartedly to a work. Like a good relationship, a good work followed for a goodly amount of time always opens up our character, our virtues, and our many, many flaws. A good work, like a good relationship, eventually asks us to be bigger than our own wants and desires, to see ourselves in a much larger context than the self that thought it had gained everything it wanted to keep itself safe. I love to work. I have always enjoyed working, and I believe that I am finding a new purpose that will serve me well in this new phase of life. I hope some of this resonated with you. We are all a work in progress and I believe we have a purpose and through finding that purpose and tapping into our authentic energy, we can make our workplaces a better environment. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at wendybrandcoaching at gmail.com. That's wendybrandcoaching at gmail.com. If any of this resonated with you, And Or if it didn't, all right, I'd love to hear any feedback. And and if you're able to give these three things a try and really do some inner work, um, I'd love to hear about it. And I'm also happy to partner um, with anyone that's looking a coach to help them walk through some of these steps. That's it. Stay tuned. More guests coming um, next week. But thank you for listening in today. I really appreciate it.